0: So, good morning listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space in West Limit 102. My name is John Keely. Thank you again for joining us this morning. And this, the 22nd of July, it's the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And help me to produce the programme this morning, uh, my good friend, somewhere out there in Skyline, uh Shane Ambrose, Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? We're good. Thanks a lot for joining me, Shane, this morning. And of course, this this program, uh, as well as any other program, is is being recorded from our Cumacee studio here in Erda. And again, we are delighted to welcome those listeners who are joining us, who are housebound, those who are lonely, those who might be struggling with some health problems this morning. Thank you for staying with us, and thank you for another for for joining us for another hour together here on Sacred Space. Thank you also for the lovely messages and also for the assurance of your prayers. We need them. Thank you so much for that. But you're very welcome to join us. And of course, all those listeners who are listening to us in various parts of the world. Because as we've mentioned here every week, this program and any other program is available to be heard on our blog, uh, which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. You can also be heard around the world also on iTunes. By, church, by searching Come and See Inspirations. And of course, this programme is broadcast each Sunday morning at 10am on West Limit 102 Local Radio and repeated again at 11pm each Sunday night. You can contact us by email, and that's on sacredspace102 at gmail.com. Or you can text us, and that's on 87 6088 That's 87 6088 and of course, you can contact us with a question, a comment, maybe a request for music, whatever it might be. Again, that text is 087 6088 667. So, at this part of the program, we uh, welcome back again Shane, who's going to share some celestial guides for the week. Shane, you put an awful lot of work into this, so let's see what you got this week.
1: Okay, so as John said at the top of the program, today is the 22nd of July. And it is, if it wasn't a Sunday, uh, it would be the feast day of St. Mary Magdalene, uh, which is a feast day which was actually just put into the calendar, I think it was uh, uh, two, maybe three years ago, by Pope Francis. So unfortunately, because it's a Sunday, Sunday takes precepts this year, so it's the 16th Sunday in ordinary time. For those praying in the Psalter, we're on week four this week, folks. So then, just moving on to the Saints, on the 23rd of um, July... We have one of the one of the second one of the patrons of Europe. So if people might remember uh, last week or the week before we had the feast day on the 11th of July of Saint Benedict, who is one of the patrons of Europe. So today we have one of his co patrons. Our sorry, the 23rd rather is one of his co patrons, and that is Saint Bridget of Sweden. Uh, she was born in Sweden, obviously enough, given her name. In 1303, um, she was, she brought up eight children. And after the death of her husband, it dedicated herself to an ascetical life. Uh, later, she founded the Bridgertine Order, and she lived in Rome. Now, she was a royal, uh, she was a royal nun. If you, uh, she was her husband was a king. And uh, she wrote many works about her mystical experiences, and she died in Rome in 1373. Now, the interesting thing about it is she was declared a patron of Europe in 2000 by John Paul II. So there are four patrons of Europe. You have St. Benedict, St. Bridget of Sweden. You have our own St. Columbanus. And you have Saint Edith Stein, and the other interesting thing about Saint Bridget of Sweden is the is the congregation she founded, the Bridget, Bridgetines. And if you're ever looking them up online, John, they have a very uh, peculiar uh, um, veil or headdress where they have a little crown that sits on top of their veil, uh, which uh, re- which has five marks on it representing the five wounds of Christ. Uh, so it's it, it's a very distinctive religious habit. So then on the twenty fourth. We have the feast day of there's two feast days uh, on the universal calendar. We have a guy called Charbel Makhlouf. Uh, he's actually a Maronite saint of Lebanon, and Mar- the Maronites are one of these Eastern churches that are in communion with Rome, so they they are Catholic, uh, but they have their own liturgical and relig- uh, liturgical tradition in how they celebrate uh, their, 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 their 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 liturgies. Um, so so Charbel, Saint Charbel, was a monk at a monastery of St. Maron, and he was ordained in 1859. And he became a hermit until his death in 1898. And he was very much sought after in Lebanon for counsel and blessing. And he had a great personal devotion to the Blessed Sacrament. On the Irish calendar on Tuesday, we have the feast day of St. Declan. And Declan is considered to be one of the pre-Patrician saints. So he's considered to be one of the four saints associated before Patrick arrived in Ireland. Um he, is, he was this, of noble blood, which is, you know, and he went to Europe to continue his studies where he's ordained a priest and possibly a bishop. And he's associated with Ardmore, uh, which is, da, is the Diocese of Waterford and Lismore. Uh, so obviously, uh, Tuesday will be the patronal feast of the Diocese of Waterford and Lismore. So we send a happy feast day to Bishop uh, Francis Cullinan, formerly of Rathkeel. Then on Thursday, we have the feast day. It's a big one. It's the feast day of St. James the Apostle. And it's a big one, of course, because it is the feast day associated with Santiago de Compostela in northern Spain. So for those who have walked the Camino, in particular, it is a particular happy feast day. St. James, of course, was the son of Zebedee, the brother of John, uh, called, and he's, it's St. James the Great. And he was put to deb, death, even, uh, by Herod Agrippa about the year 44, being the first of the apostles to die for Christ. Um, then on, that's all right, the 25th, it was Wednesday, I beg your pardon. Then on Thursday, which is the 26th, now, John, this is an interesting one. It is the feast day of Saints Joachim and Anne, or Anna, mm-hmm. of course, the, the parents of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And, of course, in, particularly in the last number of years, there has been renewed devotion to Joachim and Anne as the patron saints of grandparents. Um, the, this, is one, this is an example of a devotion which has come to us from the Eastern Orthodox Church. Uh, the area reference is in the uh, Proto-Evangelicum of St. James, which is one of these non-canonical gospels. Um, their feasts were celebrated separately on, in, on the, in, in our church, in our calendar, until they were brought together after the reform after the, of the Second Vatican Council. Um, St. Anne is the patron saint of women and labour, of cabinet makers and homemakers, and miners. I have no idea why, and I couldn't find an explanation for it. Um, Her death was celebrated in the Byzantine, or the Greek rite, um, for many, many, many years uh, before it came across into our calendar in the 12th century. And the Feast of St. Joachim has moved around a bit before they were all combined together on the 26th of July. So that's a Particular feast day dedicated to grandparents on the 26th. Then on the 27th of July, now this is an interesting one, John. I kind of pulled this one out. Um, You know the way our saints sometimes can be quirky individuals? Very much so, yeah. Just because you're a saint doesn't necessarily mean uh, that you're the nicest person that has ever walked in shoe leather. Sometimes our saints can be awkward enough individuals. So, and also, particularly maybe for old. Older listeners, I'm not so sure about younger listeners, but older listeners might remember hearing about a guy called St. Simeon the Stylite. Now, this guy was a son of a poor shepherd, worked as a shepherd as a child, and he wanted to become a monk from the age of 13. But he was turned away from a lot of monasteries because he was very severe in his self-imposed penances. So, tired of the gossip and arguments from his fellow religious, this guy decided he would live as a hermit on top of a column hence the name Stylite, him. okay? Occasionally preaching to those who to watch, pray with him, and started a movement of pillar-living hermits, or pillar-living, sorry, among Eastern hermits, hermits in the Orthodox Church. So he's he's an unusual, he's an unusual type of saint that we remember. Um, and it's, it's, it's very much, uh, yeah, yeah just a just small bit. Not something you'd be kind of recommending that we go out. No. He died around 459 of natural causes. Then finally on Saturday, uh, Joseph and John, I forgot to look up the 28th of July, so I have no saying for Saturday. I'll have to leave it at that.
0: That's, that's <laughs> all right. That's fine. But as usual, I mean, every, usually every Saturday, uh, the church always uh, keeps it a, spe- a special day.
1: It can be dedicated as a memorial, as a memorial day to Our Lady. That's exactly. So, time. so, uh, yeah. So for this for this week for this week's calder, we're saying let's ob- let's ob- observe the uh, the the memoria of to Our Blessed. Very Lady. good. As Shane forgot to look up who was on the 28th. very good, good <laughs> lad
0: Shane. Very good. Okay, Shane, you mentioned there uh, about Saint James, and. Yes. Uh, Santiago de Compostela. Well, if, if people are interested, yeah. next Saturday, 9 o'clock for one hour, EWTN, a program entitled Temple of the Stars. It's the history of the Santiago de Compostela, the cathedral enshrined in the body of St. James the Greater, and the pilgrimage route stretching over 450 miles to his relics. Next Saturday, 9 o'clock for one hour. People are interested. Also, actually, uh, again, on and, and, and Wednesday this time, Wednesday at 11 a.m., and, and also, actually, uh, before the previous program, at 8 o'clock next Saturday, there's describing James, a saint of the way. Um, Father Cromley, CSJ, leads a group of eagle-eyed ministry pilgrims to the cathedral of Santiago de Capasala across the 60-mile Pilgrimage route. So we've got a 60 mile and we've got a 450 mile. I'm sure 450 mile is closer, is it, Shane? I don't know. Uh, how long is the route? Or are there various routes for the. Camino
1: the meaning of the Santiago. The, uh, well, it depends where you start from. So, okay. for example, if we started in Arda, I'm not quite sure how long <laughs> okay. the walk would be all the way to Santiago de Compostela. Okay. But the, 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 route, the most popular route, the French route, is around 800 kilometers, I think. To qualify for the Compostela, that is the, 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 the certificate of having completed the Camino, I think you have to do a minimum of 120 kilometers, either on foot or by bicycle. Um, that's that's I think is the minimum amount that you have to do to 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 be able to get your certificate, and um, it depends where you start. The Camino, the, you know, the, you have people that walk across all of Europe. Um, the Irish route used to start, for example, uh, at Saint at Saint James's Gate in Dublin. People would board a ship and you would sail down down to northern northern Spain. And then walk the rest of the journey into Camino uh, on the Camino into Santiago. So it just depends, I suppose, John, where you're starting from. That so you have the Portuguese route that comes up, comes up past Patama all the way up and up north to, to to Santiago as well. But as I say, I think the minimum amount that you have to do now. I said I'm to correction, but I think the minimum amount you have to walk is the 120 kilometers to get uh, to get the Compostela, to get the certificate.
0: And actually, I think we had somebody on the program a good number of years ago now to 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 tell us a little bit about the. The, about the route and about uh, the pilgrimage. Maybe we might try and get somebody again to, to give us a bit more information on that, shine. But in the meantime, thanks a lot for that. By the way, have you ever been on the, on the route yourself? No, I haven't done it yet. It's on the, it's on, it's on the to-do list, John. Uh, it's on the bucket list. Okay. Now, just one more notice. Uh, two, actually, two more notices just to bring to people's attention. To remind people again, this is the, the Dominican Church... Here in Remick, we'll be hosting the Relics of St. Therese of Le Joux and her parents, St. Louis and Zelie Martin, on Saturday the 18th of August, beginning with 1pm Mass. Blessing of the Roses, Veneration of Relics and Reflections by the Dominicans will follow, with Song vespers concluding the event at 5pm. So again... The Dominican Church will be hosting the relics of Saint Therese of Lisieux and her parents, Saints Louis and Zelie Martin, on Saturday, the 18th of August, beginning with 1 p.m. Mass, blessing of the roses, veneration of relics, and reflections by the Dominicans will follow. Um, that's the week before um, before the well meeting the families, and just one more notice here: um, just to remind people again for Holy Hour that this Holy Hour available. each um, each Thursday in Newcastle West Church, and that's from 9.30am until 7.30pm. People might be aware of that. And of course, there's there's adoration in in Adder Chapel each Monday from 11am to 1pm and 5pm to 9pm. So at this part of the programme, we might pray a spiritual communion prayer. And this is especially for those people who can't to Mass this morning and can't receive Jesus in the Eucharist. But this is a spiritual communion which we'll all join in and pray with them. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now at this particular part, we'll go for our first bit of music. And again, we'll play one for, by Monica Brown. This one is entitled, You Are All I Have. So let's say this. Welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley, and still joined by Shane Ambrose on the other end of the Last week, list- listeners might remember we introduced um, uh, listeners to the Parish Conversations, which was a part of the Morris programme um, that we all witnessed in our parishes over the last few months. And last week, I think we had about 10 people, and they introduced themselves. So this week, those same people are going to speak to us um, on on their vision of family. And again, this is taken from a video that we all witnessed in our parish, those of us that attended quite a few months ago. Let's listen to this, and then we might just have a little bit of, um, just a few comments on it. But first of all, let's listen to it.
2: My dream is to have a big family here in Ireland. Yeah, because I have six children. The 60 children, maybe, will be married uh, by the white people, maybe Irish people, or Poland people. And then now my family will be mixed. I hope, I hope to, to have a big family here in Ireland. I hope to have many, many grandchildren. My dream, it is my children to have a good education here, and I hope they will really do, because of my first son, he's now in the university. I hope he will really, really be well, and he will really be, he will really help me when I, in the future.
0: So this next person uh, that speaks is uh, actually Damien O'Reilly, the disabled person we, uh, we were introduced to last week, and Damien says to us this week, I'd like to be in a relationship, he says. And I suppose, unlike everyone else, to have children down the road. I suppose if I want to be honest, and if you have a disability, it can be a turn-off. But I would like a relationship down the road, nonetheless.
3: Well, that's important for me, I suppose. The, I mean, the, was the first thing is that my family are happy, mm. uh, that they um I suppose try to live their dreams. Again, I was supposed to put it in one sentence is that they live and fulfil their dreams. That, that would be my uh, ideal for family. I think a lot a lot of families there might be love, there might be care, but sometimes the sharing isn't there. And I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure that is the sharing not there because there's a feeling maybe uh, within some members of the family that maybe the love isn't there? I suppose then again, is there a difference between a successful family and the ideal family? Uh, depends on how you measure success. To me, a successful family is a family where that they are united, they are, um, as I say, sharing. I mean, someone else might uh, consider a, a successful family is um, a family where everyone has achieved, has had major achievements. I don't see a major achievement as, as being an indicator of success in life. Um, it may be a, a success in one aspect. It means more, I think, to, I suppose, achieve, uh, particularly in family, a sense of unity, a sense of... Um, and I keep going back to the caring and sharing because that's that to me is... Um, it's very important. It's extremely important.
4: For me, a family, the ultimate component I would feel that makes it is love and care. Um But love, you know, again, that word can be very much thrown around. But yes, what is love and care for for a family? It can be from the point of view of maybe having to look after either a small child, a a child who would be ill, an aging parent or a parent who could be ill. It could be a, a spouse. It could be various different things. And that. You can love somebody, but that may not actually support you in your caring day to day of them. That's a different element, you know, I, I would feel anyway. And a family for me is where all of those components are pulled together and that that person feels loved and cared for in all aspects of their lives, you know. Now, it may not always be a very positive experience because sometimes it can be difficult for either the person if somebody is sick for example and they have to be cared for then their their inability to be independent and that can be very challenging for them equally for the carer it can be very challenging that they have to look after them you know but for me that's that's family you know when somebody is there and they may not be dna related but they have that love and that caring and and that looking out for that person.
5: My dream within my own family life, recently married, and um, John and I, my husband, uh, we have a very good, um, faithful relationship. Um, We're very good together. Um, I was a little bit older getting married, uh, so I was 45 getting married. And I remember uh, when we were preparing for the ceremony our sacrament and we were preparing our mass booklets um, we sat down and discussed whether or not we would leave in the booklet and in the in the ceremony were we willing to accept the children that God may send us and that, obviously I'm very aware of that biological clock is tick tick ticking away uh, but we decided to, to leave it there we decided it was relevant the understanding we came to was that God can provide those children in many different ways. It may not be biologically, but maybe it might be through the, the realm of fostering or adoption, and that within our relationship, within our marriage, we do see children, uh, however they may come, and I suppose we trust in that. Um, also, through my work and my husband's work, we see the need, and we, we, we encounter a lot of children who need love and need structure, so I suppose the dream for my family unit is that children will become a part of it, however they get there, however they show up, because if we can share some of the love and trust and respect and understanding that we have for each other, and we can pass that down to a child or children, we'd be very blessed to do so, and we we like to consider that we will do so.
6: My dream in life will be to... See my family grow, and no matter what their decisions are, I'd be there to back them on. Because in a family, you would have to like decide whether to go with your family or not. Like, if their decision was bad, you kind of decide that you have to kind of accept it because our generations are changing, like, for what way families are and relationships between people. When I grow up and I get married. I wanted to be bonded from the Catholic Church as I grew up to be in that faith, like to pass it on to my generation, so to still keep the Catholic faith going on, so it be on for generations.
7: My hopes and dreams for my family are that they have been coping very well so far, and. I really hope that they will continue to look after their health and my deep feeling is that life the way it is, one never knows what's going to happen next and that they will be able to cope with whatever, they'll have the strength to cope with whatever life sends them along the way and I think when people you know, um, acknowledge the sorrows in their life, they they can proceed with their life in joy. So I'm hoping that's the way they proceed with their life. And I'm hoping that myself, with my example of my own faith, and sometimes sharing a story with them, maybe a little bit from a homily, but not in a preachy way, that somewhere down the road, you know, that they will learn and get to know the God that I know, the presence that I know, and the sense of spirit that I have in my life. But it doesn't really worry me because it took me a long time to get there and I know they're fundamentally good people as they are and they're okay as they are and God willing all these things will come to pass
8: Through we can I think to to renew the, the, the sense in people of the importance of marriage a good marriage where people love each other and help each other and support each other and pray together and practice their faith together so then they can provide a secure, loving environment a secure, loving, compassionate faithful environment for the children that's the best gift we can give to children that's what children need most of all that's what can give them um, healing and love and consolation and security a sense of well being, a sense of meaning, a sense of belonging. So, th- this work of, 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 for families is the most important work that the whole world can do. And the Pope sees that. And that's why he's so much uh, putting so much emphasis on, on the renewal of family life, renewal of marriage, and renewal of family life. The reality is this terrible suffering among our children. Adults are suffering too. Maybe many adults are suffering because they didn't get uh, good family life when they were growing up. They and, and, and people know it. But there, uh, but also, we know there's a path to. Um, what the Pope is saying, there's a path to a new life here for you as the parents, and a path, and, and then so we can give that new life to children, and the path to healing, to consolation, to strength, to. To uh, new new life for parents is find find Jesus in your life, get close to him, renew your love for him, let him into your life.
0: So that was a recording of one of the videos that we heard as part of the parish conversations held in the various parishes over the last few months. I'm not too sure if you got a few thoughts yourself, there, Shane, but I'd just like to share just one or two of them for myself. From what I, mm. I took from the from those various um, conversations was there was eight different people with eight different experiences and that, that's the first thing that I had to learn. It's not all about my experience. There's other people out there who have their challenges and experiences. The first person, um, his name was Tutu. He's a refugee from Tanzania, and he he's so glad to be able to be allowed to to come into this country. But his vision of a family is he wants a big family. Uh, One of his children at the moment is at university, and he's hoping that uh, as his children get educated, they'll be able to take care of him as he grows on in life. The second person, uh, there was a disabled person, Damien, and, and again, challenging. I mean, he says, you know, that he'd like to be in a relationship. And I suppose he said, if you have a disability, it's a turn off. We have our challenges too, to be able to accompany people like Damien and people like Tutu on their ways through their various challenges. I like Bob's idea too. Bob's idea was, that was the third person who spoke to us, and he said his idea, and few people think this idea of a successful family Mm -hmm. is those people who have achieved things. But as far as he's concerned, the most important indicator of success in life for him is having a caring and sharing family. Those are just a few that I had to share, and I had a few myself. Uh, I'm not sure if you had some yourself there. There's one more specific one, if you don't mind, that I just mentioned there. And this is Sharon. This is a lady who just recently married. And she was going through the booklet just before she got married with her husband-to-be. And of course, part part of um, of what's written down is, were they willing to accept the children that God may send them? And I heard that. Were they willing to accept the children that God may send them? And sometimes we, 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 we forget this. We think they're our children. God sends children into families. And in their case, they said, but look, the beautiful thing about this is is that maybe God might provide children in our family in various ways. It might be through fostering. It might through, be through adoption and so on and so forth. But however they come, we trust that it's another beautiful word that that they trust in. They're trusting that these children will come into their family who need love and instruction and so on and so forth. (coughs) Shane, I, I, I might just let you in there if you've got one or two thoughts yourself.
1: The, the videos, I suppose, this week and last week, it's just an introduction, I suppose, to the different ideas and understandings that people have of family, and it revolves around that. The first sections of Amoris Latitia, which is the the papal's uh, apostolic exhortation that forms the background document to the, the World Meeting of Families, and in it, Pope Francis explores, you know, the modern reality of what families are and what our understanding of families. You know, as as Archbishop jerome Martin has said a couple of times, you know. The you know the families don't come down like the Holy Family direct from heaven, you know they they come in many shapes and sizes and forms, and um and, and you know even if you think about it there's while you know if you look at it the church holds up the Holy Family as an example but if you think about the realities of it Mary was an unwed pregnant mother that eventually Joseph you know he took her in he married her. But, you know, it's, there's nothing it's, – it's, family life is messy and dysfunctional at times, but it's also kind of the foundational block of us as, as a society, uh, not the individual, but rather the family. And that's the one thing about these, these introductory talks from the Amoris program. I just And as we said on last week's program, you know, it's available online. It's amoris.ie, A-M-O-R-I-S. And what's, on, what's there is you have um, the, the six sessions – there's a PDF, a document which you can download and work through yourself. And there's also the videos which you can listen to and watch, you know, if you weren't able to participate in the parish conversations. And that's the one thing, I suppose, that we kind of just to encourage people that, you know, the whole thing with the World Meeting of Families and one of the reasons we're broadcasting these little talks is just to encourage people to think and engage with us. It's not just the papal event. In fact, you know, it could just as easily have been the world meeting of families without Pope Francis. And the key for us there is being able to have that preparatory idea to explore and understand what it is that the church teaches about family and the role of family and the importance of family. Because we live in a world and a society which very much degenerates that persistent presentation of life and uh, ridicules it to a certain extent. Um, you know we've just been told again that potentially we could have another referendum next year on the definition of family in the Irish constitution again you know it's kind of a case of well you know where, where what, what so it's a very relevant discussion for us to have and to understand and to but to be able to have that discussion as catholics we need to understand well what does it mean to say that you know or what what is the understanding from a church position of, what is family? And what does family mean? So that's just um, just in terms of engaging with the program. If pe- you know, I would say to people, you know, even if you're not going to Dublin for the Congress, even if you're not going to any of the paper events, being able to have that conversation, to be able to discuss it, you yeah. know, is, is something to consider. Yeah. And the thing about the other side of it is, is, it doesn't have to stop with the World Meeting of Families. No. If people <clears throat> wanted to engage with the program even after Congress in yeah. August. Uh, I'm sure there are ways and means the parishes could facilitate that if there was groups of like-minded people that wanted to get involved. I agree with that. It's not just something that's once-off. And that's that's the whole thing with the the Congress. It's not a once-off event. It's something which is supposed to be able to kind of be a springboard into greater things for us uh, in the Irish Church.
0: Thanks for that, Shannon. Now, just before we go for the the second piece of music, um, I just want people just to remember what uh, a person called Gemma said. And Gemma might be somebody like a lot of us who listened listening to the programme this morning. Um, she's widowed. She's got a number of grown-up children who mightn't be going to Mass every day and mightn't be receiving Holy Communion every day. But she said, as part of her vision, she said, she hopes that with the example of her own faith, so important, the example of her own faith, and sometimes she might share with the family a story or a little bit of a homily, but not preaching to them, just, just giving them an idea, That somewhere down the the road, they will learn and get to know the God that she knows. What a beautiful... That that, that they will get to know the God that she knows, and the presence that she knows, and the spirit that she has in her life. And it doesn't really matter, she says, how long it takes, because what she says, she's very honest, she says, and like us all, it took her a long time to get there. and It it takes all of us a long time to get there. Mm -hmm. But she said, that doesn't matter. God willing, all these things will come to pass. What a beautiful prayer and I think a beautiful encouragement for those of us who sometimes get concerned when our children no longer practice the faith as we do. And then, of course, the final piece was by a bishop, is the Auxiliary Bishop of the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. And he says right at the end, he says, but maybe the path to do life in the family is to find Jesus in your life. Get close to him, renew your love for him and let him into your life. So that uh, about brings us to, to to the end of this little reflection this morning. So now we'll go for a second piece of music, and this one is part of that. It, it, it's part of the the conversations, the parish conversations, and this one is in is about a five minute. Um, it, it, there's a bit of music, but there's also a few little reflections on it. And this one is entitled "What Is Love." Let's hear it just to finish off this section.
3: And what is love because it, it, you know it when you feel it when you experience love you know it but to define it almost seems to limit it and so when I think of love I think of, of just no limits
5: Love is seeking to walk in the other's shoes because I've been there too So, love is much bigger for me
0: now than it ever was. My understanding of love would be a bond between people, uh, like an unbreakable chain, say, connecting people together to show that we are a family, we care about each other, we've got each other's backs, like uh, we're, we're in it till the end, all of us. Love is something that we derive meaning from and gives us meaning in our lives in a complete two-way scenario. It can be another person, it can be an object, it can be a mission, it can be a vocation. But as long as there is love there in two ways, it works. That's love, it's a complete giving, two ways between you and whatever that is.
7: Sometimes love can be difficult and sometimes it can be an effort to love people I don't find very lovable, or maybe if I don't like them, but I do still try and love them, even if I don't always succeed.
3: Love is the art of making sacrifices.
7: I love my mum.
9: I wouldn't do anything
3: more. I'd probably take more. there will be very few people that I'd be prepared to die for. And the only, one really, the only ones that I would really die for is for my family. Love is an experience that allows me to be touched by other people.
7: Love too is, is the physical thing of, of touch as well, of being able to embrace. Love is like a river that flows between us through the good times and the bad. There's a lot of days that aren't that easy and love doesn't look so pretty, but it's still there. It holds us together. It's heart to heart. It's that feeling that once you hold that baby or you hold your husband or you hold your sister in your arms, it just flows between us and keeps us all together.
0: Welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley and I'm still joined by Shane Ambrose. So I hope you got some idea there of what we were trying to to give you a flavour from, of the parish conversations and, and the different strands of families and the different experiences of family and what is love and so on and so forth. Again, just to remind you, go on to amoris.ie and you'll be able to listen to them all again, maybe in your own time, get a bit more time to reflect. But... This part of the program we have to continue on, where we read and reflect on the Word of God. And Shane always prays this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thank you, Shane.
1: We, Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this Word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this Father in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for that, Shane. So the gospel for today, which is the 16th Sunday in ordinary time, is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verse 30 to 34. The apostles rejoined Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. Then he said to them, You must come away to some lonely place all by yourselves and rest for a while. For there were so many coming and going that the apostles had no time even to eat. So they went off in a boat to a lonely place where they could be by themselves. But people saw them going, and many could guess where. And from every town, they all hurried to a place on foot and reached it before them. So as he stepped ashore, he saw a large crowd, and he took pity on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he set himself to teach them at some length. That's the Gospel for today, the 16th Sunday. Shane, any thoughts you'd like to share with us, please?
1: Yeah, I suppose, John, there was two things that struck me about this, the gospel uh, this Sunday. And it was kind of, it was two parts to it. And the first was Jesus's response to the disciples' work. And he's saying to them, you need to take a time out. And I think for all of us in life, as we work through life, you know, sometimes um, that's something maybe we need to hear Or maybe some people need to say to us, um, you know, where we can get wrapped up in things in terms of maybe work or responsibilities or just the day to day kind of hustle and bustle of life. And to be able to take that time out, you know, um, easier said than done. But I think for our mental health, I think it's something that we need to also pay attention to from, from that perspective. You know, there's a there's a great push at the moment in terms of the old issue of mindfulness, uh, mental health awareness, encouraging people to reach out if they're under pressure or if they and to talk and to, particularly for men in particular to do that. And, you know, and as and you're listening to this Sunday's gospel, I suppose you could say to some of our male listeners, is Jesus talking to you in terms of taking that time out? Um, something, something to you know, something to think about. Uh, you know, it's not something Irishmen in particular are very good at doing, and something for us to consider. Um, the other thing that struck me about that, actually, John, was it also ties into this month's hey, Pope's intention. You know, we do the Pope's intentions every month on the program, and as it happens, this month's Pope's intentions is uh, to pray for priests and that they, you know, when they're tired, that they would find refreshment in their relationship with God and with their real priests and I thought just it's 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 somewhat appropriate that the, this week's gospel kind of talks about that as well um and it's something to think about you know do, do we need to turn around and say to somebody maybe you need a timeout? um you know sometimes Irish parish priests can be prickly you know there's no two ways around they can be kind of independent. Um, but there's no, no, no harm in checking in if, you know, if you have that type of relationship with Father to say, how are you doing? Would you like to come over for dinner or something like that as well? Just to think about it. But also for us to say, look at that for others that we may come across in our journey through life. You know, Jesus was keeping an eye out uh, for, for his disciples. Another way of looking at it is, are you a manager or an employer, you know, and in terms of the well-being of your staff? not something we talk about very much on the program, but in terms of, you know, Catholic social teaching and our responsibilities to wider society, uh, you know, are you encouraging people to take their time off so that they can be recharged and refreshed and, you know, recover? The other thing about that time out, I suppose, is, you know, it's also, to me, it's, not that it sanctifies job, but it kind of gives a kind of a blessing to the appropriateness of taking a holiday. Um you know, and you know no matter how limited or brief the holiday might be, you know it could be a big jaunt to the cruise around the Mediterranean, or do you know what? It could be a couple of days in a caravan in Bali Bunyan, and there 's nothing wrong with that either you know it 's what is appropriate for you as a family, as a person to take that time out just to 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 step off the rat race if you like and that was that was the thing that what that struck me about you know this this morning 's gospel that Even Jesus was saying that to us, that, you know, it's okay to take time out um, because you have to recharge the body, you have to recharge the soul, and you have to recharge the mind. And the other thing that struck me about it as well is also, you know, for people to ask the question, you know, if you go on holiday, that's good to have the holiday, but where is the holiday to assess or to reflect on your time and your space with God? So for many people, some people maybe do retreats. You know that, that would be what you would kind of one way of talking about it. But it's just for something for people to think about as well. In terms of, you know, I'll have my holiday, I'll relax, I'll recharge my batteries. But remember, it's that's body, that's body and mind. But where about? Where is you? Where are you recharging the soul? Where are you finding your opportunity to listen and discern with God? In terms, in terms of a break. The other thing, John, that struck me very much was that line in this morning's gospel where Jesus looks on them and they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he was, you know, he was sympathetic towards them. And that, for me, was a very key thing. That, and it's a reminder to us that Christ is always looking out for us. And in a world where there is so much divisions and... Scapegoating and just fear at this minute in time. We kind of need to remind ourselves we have a responsibility to reach out to others and to be aware of those that might feel lost and alone, um, like like Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Um, You know, to be to be to be conscious of that, and and it it was that, that line. I don't know why it just it just resonated with me on this Sunday morning's gospel. John, anything from you? Yeah, thanks, Shane.
0: Um, I was at Lecture Domain, as usual, on Monday night, and that's in the Paris Centre Newcastle West, with Father Frank Dewick from 8.15 to 9.15. And one of the thoughts that came up, uh, and we reflected on a bit, and Father Frank reflected on it this week, was the idea of plans. And he said, you know, he to remind us that Jesus started off with a plan. His plan was to go with the apostles to a lonely place by themselves, where they could rest and, no doubt, he'd be able to teach them, encourage them, and so on and so forth. However, that when they got to the other side, a large crowd there was waiting to hear Jesus teach. And although they saw a need, and although Jesus saw a need to be alone with the apostles, he was presented with another plan—a plan that came from his father, from God—to feed the large crowd with the good news. And we too, maybe, have plans. We may start off our day with a plan of how we're going to spend the day with activities and resting and visiting and reading and so on and so forth. But maybe somewhere along the way, we could well be presented with a need to help someone. Maybe God has placed that person in front of us. Maybe God has a plan for us. Maybe God's plan, and certainly God's plan needs to take priority over our own our own plan. And our challenge might be that particular moment to forget our own plans and to follow Jesus' plans. And the plan might be something that we're maybe not too pushed about doing, but... Jesus has got somebody there in front of us that needs some help. And we might be the only person in the world that might be able to do the work and carry out God's plan. So maybe this, maybe today, maybe we can ask the Lord to give us that gift of, of discernment. So we may be able to listen for his plan. And remember, God needs each of us to work with him wherever he has placed us on this earth. So that about brings us to the end of the programme. Thanks, Shane, for that. And, and thanks again, listeners, for, for joining us. We hope, again, you got something from the World Meeting, the, the, the World Meeting of the Families, the the parish conversations. And as Shane said, I- it's not all about uh, the Pope coming. It's all about family. What, what's our vision of family? How can we maybe take some of those thoughts that we got today, some of those challenges that we got? Those eight people had their own vision. What's our vision? Maybe start off our own little conversation within our own family and then with our own friends and so on and so forth and see what it leaves us. So, thanks a lot, Shane. Well, time to go. And as Shane mentioned about uh, one of the ideas that the last message that he got there was uh, like a sheep without a shepherd. So, the song that I'm going to go out with today is The Lord's My Shepherd. And this one is a version by Stuart Townsend. So until next week, please join myself for sharing again for another edition of Sacred Space. God bless you all now. Bye. The Lord's My
10: Shepherd, I'll not want He makes me lie in pasture's green he leads me by the still, still waters. His goodness restores my soul, and I will trust in You. And I will trust. He guides my ways in righteousness. Church